0: Welcome to Indoor Voices, presented by Milicare Floor and Textile Care. Join us as we explore the great indoors and talk to experts about how to improve our indoor environments. Indoor world, welcome to another Indoor Voices, brought to you by Milicare Floor and Textile Care. Today, we've got a fun episode for you because we're bringing on the great Kevin Pearson, who is the chair of the IICRC. And he's actually been on the board for the last 10 years with the IICRC um, and owned his own business before uh, getting on the board there. So you're probably wondering, I'm throwing out this acronym, IICRC. So I'm gonna bring Kevin in right now. And Kevin, for the person who has no idea what the IICR is, let's, I II IICRC, it's a mouthful, is, let's start with what that stands for. And could you give us a little history?
1: Sure, sure. Thanks for having me on, Brian, by the way, I appreciate it. Um, so IICRC, we because it is a mouthful, Brian. A lot of times we just refer to it as the Institute, but it's the Institute of Inspection, Cleaning, and Restoration Certification. So it's even more of a mouthful if you try to say it all out. So that's why we just see either IICRC or the Institute. If you're in Australia, you say double IICRC. So you know it depends on your location there. So the organization uh, started in 1972 um, and, you know, it, it grew from there. I actually became a registrant in 1992 uh, whenever I was a technician. And so, uh, so it's hard to believe that next year I will have been 30 years being a registrant. But yeah, so uh, and then. Somewhere, it was around 2004, 2005, I started uh, being on uh, standards committees and volunteering there. And then um, one day, 2011, I got the call and said, hey, I've been elected to the board of the Clean Trust. And I was like, the Clean Trust? I thought this was IICRC. I want to be on the board of the Institute. And so, um, yeah, they had changed the name at the meeting that I got elected to the board at the same time. So um, always in the back of my head, it was a little voice that kind of said, stupid name, stupid name. So uh, two, year, two years later, it was uh, kind of a thing of mine on the board. And so I was the one that got to make the motion to change the name back to I- ICRC. So, that was that was really cool uh, for me to be able to do. And so, I've been on the board now for, it'll be, well, it's 10 years this year, so it's hard to believe. But yeah, and then somehow, I guess there was no other good candidates, Brian, and they, they said, hey, you're chair. So, I was like, okay, great. So, so you know, just kind of fell into it, and it's, it's, uh, it's definitely something that I have thoroughly enjoyed. There's, there's difficult times, but there's difficult times with anything you do that's worthwhile in your life. And uh, this is no exception, but I have had a blast, uh, you know, during the last year and a half or so, and I still got about a half year left.
0: Um, I'm going to use your your verbiage there, the Institute. What is the mission
1: statement of the Institute? The Institute was formed for standards and certifications. Okay, so uh, the goal of the Institute is just to do that. We don't have trade shows. We don't do a lot of things like a trade organization would do, like you would think of a trade association doing. So, um so we just try to stick in our lane for standards and certifications. And we have uh, ANSI approved standards, the American National Standards Institute. I have to be careful because I, I, I can throw out like a whole dictionary full of acronyms. And so, yeah, if I miss one and you don't know what it is, ask me. I might know. If not, you know, I'll do the uh, MUS. You know, about MUS made up stuff. I'll just make it up and we'll just pretend like I knew. So, um, but yeah, American National Standards Institute is uh, who our standards are accredited through. And um, then we have certifications. And we're also right now looking at getting our, cert- at least one of our certifications Um uh, you know, accredited by a third party. So uh, ANSI has another arm called ANAB. And you're going to ask me what that acronym is. And I, I don't know. <laughs> so, but it's through ANSI. And they do the certifications rather than the standard side. ANSI is standards and ANAB is certification. So we have one that's going through that process right now. Uh, It's just in the beginning stages, but hopefully that will uh, be coming down the pike later. So that's kind of our mission statement. That's what we really stick into. I love it. I love it. And I know my
0: organization, Millicare, definitely likes to abide by certain standards, especially as we go to work
1: in the marketplace. But
0: but from your perspective, why do we need these certifications and, and standards?
1: No, it just raises the level of all the technicians and firms in the field doing their job. If there's standards out there, then everybody should at least be performing to the standard. If you're not performing to the standard, you're probably going to have uh, problems on your jobs. So you know, I know. Um, years ago, whenever I got involved, that was one of the reasons why I got involved. Is I wanted to. Uh, know more about the standards, how they're developed, be a part of the process and, you know, be around people that were um, more successful to me. So uh, there was several reasons I got involved, but just being able to talk about standards all the time and how it can work better in your business was, was a big deal for me back then.
0: Okay. So you're the chair. And uh, we talked about some certifications and standards, and we'll get back to that. But to be just to be a little bit fun and maybe a little bit light, what does the day in the life of the chair of the IICRC look
1: like? <laughs> you know, people think it's all fun and games, and there's some of it that is, uh, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat that part or anything, but there, there's some of it that is, but uh, there's many days where it is nothing but eight, nine hours on the phone constantly. With uh, We have 185 approved instructors. So, if there's something going on that they don't like, I'm going to hear from them. And if, you know, then, you know, uh, also in contact pretty much every day with our CEO, Michael Dak Duke, uh, different staff members as well. You know, because we have so many things going on in the organization, um, it, it's busy. And especially if we're, let's say, three, four weeks out from a board meeting or three or four weeks out from one of our, um, like, certification, our, uh, I'm sorry, our standard summit or our annual instructors meeting, stuff like that, where we're going to have a bunch of people and everything has to go right. Well, man those days are really long. So, but uh, it, it's definitely fun, you know, um, and I'd like to say IICRC never sleeps too. So a year ago before the pandemic, so right about this time last year, we were in 26 countries. Okay. We had registrants in 26 different countries. Um, now, A year later, we have registrants in 40 countries around the world. So whenever it it seems like I'll go to sleep and my email box is cleaned out and everything, but there's people on the other side of the world in Australia up and they're typing away, sending emails, there's something going on 24-7 and so it's a it's people don't really realize the scope of the organization but it's quite large.
0: Okay so I'm going to dive a little bit deeper because I was able to kind of see a different side of Kevin Pearson when I ch- when I checked out YouTube and I checked out Chats with the Chairman. So Chats with the Chairman of the IICRC. Can you tell some of the listeners what this venture is that you're in the middle of?
1: Yeah, so that actually started before the pandemic. I had this idea. I was on, I was a guest on a show, kind of like this. And I thought to myself, Hey, well, I could do that. I could have my own guest. And then I thought, okay, what's going to kind of be my angle. So the show, the premise of the show is to uh, highlight the volunteers of the Institute and, you know, people that Maybe work on a standards committee forever, or they serve on the board, or they're an instructor, or they're part of a technical advisory committee, which we call TAX. So There's another acronym for you. Um, and they may work there for years, and nobody ever knows. You see a brand-new exam come out. you know, It gets updated, and it's out there. But you don't know who did that behind the scenes. And so um, so the idea was to have people on. So once a month, we do chats with the chairman and I have different guests every month and just find out how they got involved in the Institute, why they got involved, what they currently do, maybe what they've done in the past. And we have a little fun along the way too, you know, uh, there's been talk of banana sandwiches on chats with the chairman there's been people have brought on rugs i had a guy lee center tried to sell some art on the show it just you know people try to throw me curveballs and it's kind of my personality i like to, to have fun and so um so we have a little fun and we try to learn a little bit about the Institute and the, and the volunteers at the same time. I think it breaks up. Um,
0: when you talk about certifications and standards, sometimes that can seem a little cold, but you make it very, very interesting in, uh, in chats with the chairman and with your volunteers.
1: And, you know, it, it brings a personality to the Institute. You know, before, I think people always looked at the Institute as a big organization or whatever. It's nameless, it's faceless, but it it helps put names and faces to what gets done in the Institute. So people can realize, hey, there's a lot of opportunity if you want to get involved. Um, there's a lot of different ways you can do that.
0: So you talked a little bit about, about instructors. And so I wanted to pull out from you,
1: what's more of that organizational structure of the IICRC? So, the institute actually does not own any schools. They do not employ any instructors. We have approved schools and approved instructors. So, we don't technically hold classes. We, uh, we have the exam, okay? And so, our portion of that is the exam. But the schools go out and put on the classes. Now they do have to have certain meet certain criteria within uh, the uh, CPD they put out uh, the courses on you know the school does on their own website uh, their own instructors and then we administer the exam so that's kind of how it works um, but most people just think I ICRC put that on it's not it's not the case
0: yeah that's good to understand so with schools and instructors and knowing you guys send the exams how do you control the quality you know say of that many schools and instructors
1: it's a pretty rigorous process to to go through to become an instructor first off they also have to have their manual approved that they're going to teach out of so we know that they covered all the test questions in the manual um, and so that's That's some of the ways that we kind of, uh, you know, can control it Uh, because if you're starting today and you don't have a certification, it's going to take you three years uh, to be a master. Uh, Let's say you're trying to teach carpet cleaning, take you three years to be master cleaning technician, and then you have to have that to be able to apply to be an instructor. So if you're starting out from ground zero, it's going to take you at least three years before you can be an instructor. So there's a lot of steps along the way. And, um, you know, once you kind of go through all that, you kind of take a little ownership in it and you don't want to screw it out then. So that helps control it a lot. So it keeps the standards high. It keeps, you know, where we're going to have really good instructors out there in the marketplace, too.
0: That's awesome. All right. So we're getting back a little bit now uh, for this standards and processes that you guys have. Sorry, standards and certifications. Mm -hmm. So what is the process of creating or revising standards within the IICRC? You guys have so many classes that I've even been a part of, and I know that you've created those and you've revised those. How, How do you go about doing that?
1: Okay, so when you're talking about revising a standard or coming up with a standard, ANSI has a process that you follow, like it starts whenever you're putting the the committee together, you know, you have to have a balanced committee, you have to have so many end users, you know, manufacturers, every different user group will have to be represented, and and it has to be balanced. So you can't have, you know... uh, 10 carpet cleaners and one manufacturer, you know, you got to balance that out. So then whenever they get that done, then they go through there and there, as long as you follow ANSI's process, then, you know, and it's a consensus because you have to reach consensus as part of ANSI's process, then the, you know, the standard can go through. So it's it's a pretty rigorous process. It can mean that uh, whenever you're uh, in debate, so to speak, or you're writing the standard, you're going to be meeting with your committee. And you may argue for an hour over whether there should be a the or a comma or is this a period or, you know, you're going to argue a lot over what seems like minute details, but you know, if you don't get it exactly right, it can change the meaning of the whole sentence or paragraph that you're trying to write. And so there's a lot of time in wordsmithing uh, these documents before they go out.
0: I love it. I, so you told me that
1: the mission statement of the IICRC
0: is certifications and standards. And so when I ask you about how you do that, you have a certified standard in process. That you do that against? I think that's totally what the uh, what the IICRC is um, at its core. Um, And uh, here's what I wanted to bring out too for our audience, Kevin. Um, So I'm going to tell a little story because I had this aha moment kind of before the pandemic related to IICRC. I was taking the OCT class, right? So that's the order control technician class.
1: And my instructor
0: talked about going um, into homes and facilities. Uh, to combat odors. And he talked about that there's a a connection between odor control and restoration um, and that sometimes it isn't easily detectable. But if you have bad odors, something may have died. A person may have died. You might have bad mold issues. And then he kind of flipped the switch and started talking about contaminants and how to use disinfectants properly. And when he went over that section, the light bulb went off that those in the restoration industry may have been very well prepared to combat emerging pathogens. So I feel like those, again, in the restoration industry were well-prepared specifically those trained by the IICRC. Um, Do you agree? And and how specifically were IICRC trained restoration companies, better positioned than other businesses? I know that's a full question.
1: Yeah, no, it's a really good question because, you know, I think every one of our, Courses talk about cleaning in some way. If if I'm going into a wet house, I still have to clean. If I'm going into clean carpet, obviously I'm cleaning. So we, we talk about cleaning a lot, disinfection. You know, um, people that have taken the our trauma and crime scene class probably were very well suited uh, about cleaning when this pandemic hit because that class. Is all about cleaning, you know. Uh, So, but there's cleaning in every every one of the certifications, and so you're right in thinking that our registrants and certified firms were were very well suited to do this whenever it started, and whenever it started, because of that, there was some states in the U.S. To where workers were not being considered essential, and one of the things that we did immediately was partner with RIA, the Restoration Industry Association, and uh, NADCA, and we uh, uh, put out a paper that you know that you could take, send it to the governor of your state, and we actually went and did that. As well, and we got several of the states that originally uh, we weren't considered essential workers in. We got them to say, "Hey, yeah, we, you know, these guys are essential. They can be out there because we needed people on the, the jobs. We needed them to be able to get to a building that's wet and be able to dry it. Else, you're going to have a lot of problems in buildings if you're not, you know, taking." the time to upkeep daily cleaning or even if there's a you know a water leak in the building. So 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 yeah that was pretty important whenever it came out and um but yeah most of our certifications deal with the cleaning anyway so everybody was pretty well equipped for that.
0: That's good to know. That's good to know. And it looks like you guys were able to kind of work with some of the local governing bodies in different states. Is working with the local governing body
1: on your certifications and standards kind of an endeavor for the IICRC? It it is. It's something that we've always tried to do more. Um, but right now our CEO is pretty he's in the beginning stages of putting together um going through the process of getting us to put together the strategic plan for next year. Right. And part of what he did was he went out and he's been contacting all 50 states like uh, Washington, D.C., the U.S. territories, um, and seeing where any of our standards or certifications are already uh, acknowledged and, and accepted. And, then we'll have kind of a basis for that, so that we can then use that information to help us get involved in more states. You know, if uh, if you're already in Florida and Washington D.C. and you know, state of Washington, you know, it might be a little easier to get into Louisiana or North Carolina or something like that. So that that's kind of the the thought. Um, you know, is to get our standards and certifications recognized by government agencies.
0: So Kevin, in your 2020 pivot, you mentioned partnering with organizations. Are there more organizations that you hope to partner with going forward now coming out of this pandemic?
1: Yeah. So we have partnered with um, another organization, and I'll see if I can't get it right, AIHA, the American Industrial Hygienist Association. And they came on board when we came out with a series of uh, COVID-19 papers. And this it, it started out um, as a task force just for this COVID-19. And then we have had five editions of that paper. And then uh, when the freeze hit, you know, most of the country back in February this year, then we took that same task force and said, okay, we got to like make another task force for this, you know. So, when different events um, happen in the the world now, we kind of have this task force put together where we can come out with information to benefit the registrants, certified firms, um, and we can come out really quickly. You know, a lot of times our standards are, are, will, will take years to come out, right, going through the process. But whenever a, a national disaster happens, so to speak, or a pandemic or whatever, you have to act fast. Our restoration crews that are out there, the certified firms, they're, they're on the road going into these places, usually whenever the hurricane's still coming on land or, you know, the freeze still has everything shut down. I can't tell you how many guys I've talked to that said, oh, yeah, we were driving through this stuff. And, you know, it, it just so they're there. They're already there. So we have to turn this stuff around fast. And so that's that's been the goal of this task force that's been put together is to come out with the information very, very quickly. And to their credit, people like uh, Brandon Burton, who's our standards chair, Mark Drosdoff, who's on our board, um, they, those two on the IIC or C-side have just made it whenever something happens, you just call and we're getting it going. So it's been really uh, a good thing so we can put out information quickly, something we never had before. seems like you guys are trying to be very
0: forward-thinking with everything that's uh, gone on so far. So um, any other initiatives within the IICRC we haven't talked about yet?
1: You know, similar to what ANSI is in the US, in Australia and New Zealand, they have standards Australia. And we have submitted our... S-500 and S-520, which is our water damage standard and our mold standard, right? We have submitted those to Standards Australia to see uh, if we can get those accepted down there. And that way, they would be a standard that would be written with a bunch of U's and, you know, metric system. So, we got to convert it. Right, and so that's that's going to be the challenge. Whenever it gets accepted, is converting it all, making sure it looks uh, correct, and all the conversions are correct. So we have a really good group of uh, registrants and certified firms and instructors down there in Australia and New Zealand, and they actually sent in over 150 letters of support to Standards Australia on the institute's behalf and so we're we're hoping that um that's going to be accepted they haven't given us a time frame on when we'll know but we're hoping it soon uh, so that uh, you know there, there's a lot of things you can do with that once it's once it's accepted down there that could help open us up to different uh, governments down there in, in australia and new zealand as well
0: that's wonderful. All right. So we probably have various indoor professionals watching, uh, probably some restoration companies, probably some cleaning companies. And so for our listeners, what new course uh, that the IICRC is coming out with are you most excited about?
1: You know, I can tell you the one that is getting a lot of attention right now is our contents uh, processing class. That one Um Seems like it's a lot of people have been wanting to take that. Uh, but we also have the, the trauma and crime scene class that we came out with not too long ago. There's been a little bit, but that one's going gangbusters. And our health and safety class, um, the, the HST, that class, I don't think people really think a lot about health and safety, which probably it should be the reverse. Because we have health and safety in every one of our certifications. And now we have a whole separate class for it. It's actually a very difficult class, too, to pass the exam on. So, and it's open book. It's the only class that's open book. And it's difficult. I've taken it. I passed. But I'm I'm a little bit embarrassed to say That it's an open book and I only scored a 92. So, you know, it's difficult. So, uh, because you have to look up different laws and this sort of thing, and you have to know where to find them. Um, So, it takes a little bit more time than, say, your average class. But that's one that I would say every technician and especially business owners need. It will help you stay out of trouble uh, down the road if you were. Doing some things right. Um, you know, it, you just, there's a lot of important things in that class.
0: No, I love it. And I look forward to taking more I, IICRC courses myself. Kevin, thank you so much for exploring the great indoors with us today.
1: Hey, I really enjoyed uh, being on. Thanks for having me. Um, I hope I was able to. Uh, enlighten your audience a little bit more about IICRC and all the great things that are going on at the Institute. Um, so, again, thanks for having me on, Brian. I really appreciate it. No, thank you, Kevin. If you
0: enjoyed this conversation, please rate and subscribe. This podcast is an audio only version of the Indoor Voices interview series presented by Milicare Floor and Tech Southcare. You can watch the video of this interview and find other episodes at millicare.com slash indoor voices.